Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What is up, Fight Fans? Welcome you into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio, and joining us on the program this week, Dan Raphael, formerly of ESPN. You know him now at Boxing Scene Ring TV and his newest venture of Fight Freaks Unite newsletter. There's no one better to go through the world of boxing with than Dan Raphael, and there's a lot to talk about. Things are starting to heat up as we head into February. We saw some great action uh, this previous week over on Showtime with, with uh, Stephen uh, Fulton picking up a, a world title. What's going on? with Manny Pacquiao and Ryan Garcia, what's the latest with Caleb Plant and Canelo Alvarez, and the heavyweight division as well. Uh, a lot to get to. Let's start it off with Mr. Dan Raphael. Here he is. All right, let's bring in our guest this week. You know him, Dan Raphael, uh, formerly of ESPN, contributes for Boxing Scene, Ring TV, and now Fight Freaks Unite newsletter uh, that gets right into your inbox. I signed up for it. I love it. I love the schedule. The schedule, I should say, right, Dan? First of all, uh, can we still say Happy New Year? I'm going to say it anyway. Happy New Year. Welcome to the show. So much to get to today. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing good, and I guess it's okay. We're not done with January yet, so Happy New Year is still appropriate. Happy New Year to you also. It's like a boxing New Year because the schedule is just starting to kick up. You know, the Ryan Garcia fight is like technically that was like a 2020 fight that just spilled over into 2020, so it's the boxing New Year. There's so much to talk about. Um, let's start with Ryan Garcia. The guy is uh, in the news every single week. Uh, now it's Manny Pacquiao fight. Uh, it's kind of lit up Twitter. It lit up Instagram. It lit up, you know, the 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 forums, if that's even still a thing. But let's talk about it. Um, the latest is, or I should ask you, is is there any legitimacy to this? I know there are a lot of rumors. What's the what's the deal with this? Well, there is legitimacy to it, but legitimacy in the sense that the the sides are apparently having conversations. The the thing about it, though, and you know, anytime uh, whether it's a boxing match or anything else, you know, it all depends on what it says in the fine print. And uh, my understanding of this uh, situation is that you're talking about an event that would probably not take place until later in the year, like more towards the fall time period, oh, wow. which means that you got to figure that not, probably not Pacquiao, but Ryan Garcia, for sure, you got to figure would have at least one fight between now and then anyway. And the other thing, and, uh, you know, I don't know if this is 100 percent true or not. It doesn't really make sense to me if it is is that it's it's not necessarily going to be an official sanctioned boxing match. It's going to be the exhibition route, sort of like the Roy Jones, Mike Tyson, and some of these other uh, events that we've heard about and and, uh, and seen uh, been discussed. So that doesn't make sense because, you know, it's one thing for two older fighters like, like Tyson and Jones have been retired for a long time, uh, you know, to do an exhibition. Uh, but for a prime fighter like Ryan Garcia and, a, and, a, and a, a, an aging legend, but a legend nonetheless yeah. who's still yeah. active, to do an exhibition just makes no sense. What so, is this? Like, why would it be an exhibition? You know, the size really isn't that much of a difference. They're, like you said, they're two guys that are still technically active. And I know Manny hasn't fought in a long time, but it's not like, you know, the you know like a Tyson Jones things. Why would this fight be? An, what's the upside of this fight being an, an exhibition if there is one? I guess if, uh, you know, whatever happens, Pacquiao would keep his title. Ryan Garcia would still be undefeated. I mean... You know, who the heck knows? I mean, I'll just say this, and this goes for lots of events that you hear about that don't necessarily come to fruition. I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, I can appreciate the desire of both uh, of the boxers 
to make big money and all that. But, you know, there are big money fights out there for both guys uh, without fighting each other. It just, um, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to piss all over it, but it just it's it's not on the top of my want list. That's for sure. Right. There's plenty of other fights I'd like to see Ryan Garcia engage in as well as Manny Pacquiao. Right. I, I express interest in it. You know, I just said, wow, that, that's intriguing. And, you know, immediately I got, you know, people hit in the notification saying, how could you want to see this over over Pacquiao fighting Spence? I mean, if, if Pacquiao takes this fight, he's got to vacate the belts. Like, come on, like vacate the belts that we want to see unification. This, this hasn't stopped. Pacquiao sitting out hasn't stopped Crawford and Spence from getting it on. Yeah, I mean, the only reason Pacquiao has been out as long as he has been is because of COVID. Because if it hadn't been here, he would have probably fought uh, for sure earlier this year or uh, earlier, you know, sometime in the middle of last year, I should say. Uh, so that's what's prevented him. And, you know, it's it's complicated enough to get Pacquiao a proper fight date just because in addition to his boxing career, he also serves in the Senate in the Philippines and he is devoted to that. And so there's a schedule. And so he has only limited time frames in which he can train and fight. And, uh, you know, it, it makes it even more difficult to get his schedule going. Um, look, to me, Ryan Garcia against Manny Pacquiao, you know, when I when I first heard about it, I sort of was like, that's got to be a joke. Like, I just didn't even believe that right. because uh, but then I realized, of course, it's boxing and, you know, anything can happen. Any, yeah, if it makes dollars. It makes sense. When I yeah. when I first started getting it rolling, I was listening to Maddox's podcast and he brought up who called you after the fight, after the Luke Campbell, who was the who was the most famous person to call you or you're you're the, the one that stood out the most. He goes, Manny Pacquiao. And I was like, wow, Manny Pacquiao and them are on that type of thing. And he started talking about how much he looks up to him and all that. And then I also heard that Al Heyman had called Ryan Garcia before the fight. Then it really starts to get the ball rolling in your head. I, I didn't put two and two together, like you said, because it's just a, it's, it's not something that's on the tip of your tongue, Ryan Garcia and, and, and Manny Pacquiao. But say this does happen and it's on pay-per-view. 1.6 million buys over under. What are you taking? Under. Really? Yeah, and the reason I say that is because even though Ryan Garcia has a tremendous uh, social media following, he's a popular figure, uh, you know, a lot of his following are young girls who don't necessarily have uh, um, the the income that's going to buy pay-per-view. I mean, maybe some of them will beg their parents to buy it and that sort of thing. Um, and, and that's not something that that demographic is normally used to doing, buying boxing pay-per-views. It's like an alien concept. So I don't think it would do bad business, but 1.6, you're talking about one of the biggest selling pay-per-views in the history of boxing. And I also think, Dan, that one of the reasons that this sort of took on legs is because once Conor McGregor got knocked out in his <laughs> UFC fight uh, last weekend, uh, it took away the prospect of a Pacquiao-McGregor fight, which was you know, all the rage in, in, the, in the rumor and discussion. Um, his his knockout loss. I mean, I guess it doesn't mean he couldn't necessarily uh, go against Pacquiao, but I think they see that that knockout probably would have done serious damage to the prospect of its saleability because if he can't not get knocked out in his own sport, and he's already gotten knocked out once in boxing yeah. by Floyd. Uh, what in the world is he going to do against Manny Pacquiao, who obviously you know is still a good top boxer? Amazing. You see these things. It all seemed to happen in in bright and fast motion. McGregor gets knocked out. Pacquiao then moves over to Ryan Garcia. It's a beautiful thing to follow as a, as a fight fan. There's never a shortage of things to talk about. On the other side of things, we're going to talk about Caleb Plant. He's fighting this weekend. What does it mean for the 168-pound division, a division that Canelo Alvarez is in? A lot going on in that. Coming up next. 
Our next interview is brought to you by Bully Crew CBD, five-star rated. It comes in oils, it comes in creams, it comes in gummies. I use them before and after I work out. It's perfect for the active person. Uh, you can take it as a gummy. Uh, don't drink the cream, whatever you do. Put the cream uh, on you. Uh, you can take it in an oil form. It's great. I love CBD and I love Bully Crew. Type in IBL for 20% off. It's Bully Crew CBD. Okay, let's go over to Caleb Plant. He's fighting this weekend on Fox, going up against Caleb Truax, the Battle of the Calebs. But when you talk about Caleb Plant in the 168-pound division, you have this, the cash cow, hovering over the division, and that's Canelo Alvarez. First, let's talk about Caleb Plant. Another uh, opponent where he should uh, win comfortably. It's getting to the point where, you know, how do we you know, properly rate Caleb Plant uh, in this stage in his career, given his last three opponents? Well, I think one thing people need to remember is he still only has 20 professional fights. This will be his 21st professional fight, if I'm not mistaken, when he goes up against Truax, who, other than, I guess, Jose Uzcategui, when, uh, which is the opponent that, that Caleb Plant defeated to win his IBF 168-pound belt, Truax is a former title holder. He's got to win over James DeGale. He's faced you know, the far superior competition overall in his career than Caleb Plant has. But in terms of how you rate him, I think you have to, at this moment in time, you go a little bit on the eye test. And, and that tells you that he's a very talented boxer. He was a good amateur. And, uh, you know, I think that Caleb Plant can do a lot of different things. He's a very versatile fighter. He's got good hand speed. He's got, I think, underrated power. His defense is solid. He can stand in and fight on the inside. I've seen him box, use a jab from the outside. So he's a very well-rounded fighter. And, you know, I had a conversation with Caleb Truax because I had wrote, I'd written a story this week uh, for the Ring Magazine's website about him. And and he gives him a lot of uh, credit, says he's, uh, you know, basically had compliments uh, for Caleb Plant. But he said, look, I'm the I'm the best guy he's ever fought, maybe except for Uzkategi. I have so much experience. <laughs> That's true. And uh, I think everybody's overlooking me. Uh, but you mentioned Canelo Alvarez does hover over that weight class. He's the unified world champ. He's the one that brings the money. And there, even before uh, Canelo Alvarez did the two-fight agreement with Matchroom and Eddie Hearn to do the fight with Yildirim that comes up at the end of February, and then another fight, presumably a unification against Billy Joe Saunders. There were conversations between uh, the, the the Canelo team and PBC right. about uh, doing some kind of similar arrangement where Caleb Plant would have been one of those opponents. So, look, Caleb, uh, Canelo Alvarez is tied to Eddie Hearn through May, basically. So that still means it's a short-term deal, and he'll have opportunities to do uh, other free agent deals beyond that, whether he goes back with Hearn or he goes back to, and, and has another talk with PBC about doing something with them. If he does that, certainly you know, the winner of, of the fight between Plant and Truax is going gonna, is gonna to be in that conversation. Look, Canelo has said it's not that he wants to fight Plant per se, or he wants to fight Billy Joe Saunders specifically. He wants the belts. So whoever has the belts are the guys yeah, yeah. that he's going to want to fight. So, you know, Truax is 37. He says, look, I'm near the end of my career. I'd like to get in on that action also. So, you know, that's a possibility, you know, the winner of the fight. But Truax also mentioned to me uh, that there's a rematch clause. So if Plant wins, you know, it could sideswipe that because he may have to go back into the ring with Truax. But the point is, Plant's an undefeated champion in the weight class. He's got a fight on Saturday where he's the big favorite. So no disrespect to Truax, if Plant wins as expected, it's going to put him in a, in a great position to be there, you know, holding a belt that's valuable yeah, to Canelo yeah. for a fight maybe in the fall. A lot of this stuff isn't kind of fair with Caleb Plant. Um, you know, those negotiations with Canelo kind of leaked out. We don't know what's real, what's not. The, the five-week camp, the quick turnaround. As far as the fans know or the narrative, sort of say, even though I hate that term, is that he passed up 
Canelo twice, and he's running from Canelo. I, I think that's pretty unfair because the fans just don't simply know what went on during those negotiations. But I threw out a hypothetical last night, like um, over on, on Twitter, and it's let's just say Canelo he fights uh, Yildirim in in February, like, which he's it's, it's that's a done deal or whenever it's happening, and then BJ Saunders in May. The two fight deal with Matchroom potentially would be up, but let's say Eddie, who has Triple G, who has Canelo, and the two fight deal is up, but still wants to keep Canelo under the Matchroom banner, pushes for a trilogy fight between Canelo and Triple G. What does that mean for Plant? What does he do then? Well, I mean, the scenario that you just laid out is certainly possible, and obviously Triple G wants that third fight. That's the that's the big fight that the Zone wants. Uh, you know, Canelo. Uh, I think for the right money could be convinced to fight him again. Because remember, before the pandemic happened, you know, people want to forget about this. They were both supposed to fight separate fights this past spring. Mm -hmm. Canelo was going to fight Saunders in May. I have, a, you know, they were going to announce that fight. The only reason they didn't announce it was because the NBA shut down the season and there was a lot of uncertainty and then the fight never happened. Right. So when that fight was happening, Triple G was supposed to fight Zarameta and they had agreed that the, if they both won, they were fighting in September. Obviously, the pandemic, you know, messed all those plans up uh, and it did not happen. So uh, but Eddie could certainly try to revive that. And I think Canelo, uh, for the right price, would be willing to do that, you know, even if it would push aside his desire to fight for the belts, you know, at least one more fight. As for what it would do to Kayla Plant, you know, it's hard to to he it's not something he ever had. So, you know, if you've never had it, can you really lose it? You know what I'm saying? Good point. So and there'll be other there's I mean, it may be not a fight on the level of of an opportunity to fight against Canelo Alvarez, but it's not like Caleb Plant's not going to have opponents right. in the super middleweight division to fight. Danny Jacobs. He also is home to David Benavides. Who wouldn't want to see Caleb Plant against David Benavides? I mean, that's, the, that's like the, the obvious one. In the weight class. That's the obvious fight that we want. Like, it, the fact that, like, that's not happened, hasn't happened yet or isn't even, like, close to happening, it's, it's frustrating because Benavides Plant is just, it's a no-brainer. I mean, it's a no-brainer of a fight, and the winner would even have more of a claim uh, to fight Canelo. But when you have Canelo hovering over that, when, and Canelo has tipped his hand and has said that, I want to unify, and if you're Caleb Plant, I think any fighter... Any person in his shoes would wait for that Canelo fight because it, it, it illustrates, you know, so much money. It illustrates, you know, a huge platform. So it's hard to, to, to uh, criticize anything Caleb Plant does. And the other side of things, we're going to talk heavyweights. The heavyweight division is heating up. Dan had uh, broke a story uh, this past week about Usyk and Joyce. What does that mean for Fury and Joshua? Deontay Wilder. Let's talk about it all coming up next. Our next interview is brought to you by Bully Crew CBD, five-star rated. It comes in oils, it comes in creams, it comes in gummies. I use them before and after I work out. It's perfect for the active person. Uh, you can take it as a gummy. Uh, don't drink the cream, whatever you do. Put the cream uh, on you. Uh, you can take it in an oil form. It's great. I love CBD and I love Bully Crew. Type in IBL for 20% off. It's Bully Crew CBD. Okay, our last segment here on Inside Boxing Live with Dan Rayfield. We're going to talk heavyweights. Dan, you on Fight Freaks Unite. You, uh, I saw it in my inbox. Love that. Uh, Usyk versus Joyce. It is an interesting fight on, on a number of reasons. Stylistically, what it holds for uh, the stakes, because the, the winner would be the WBO mandatory. But the question I have for you, Dan, is Usyk was technically the mandatory for the WBO. It's very well documented. But now they're saying this fight with Joyce would make him the WBO contender again. Like, can you kind of clarify what that means? And then we'll talk about the fight uh, as a whole. 
Well, I mean, they were in a situation where they were trying to get Usyk to step aside and to give him a reason to do so. Uh, and I don't know the particulars of their arrangement, but one of the elements of that would be, okay, we'll let Joshua fight Fury in the undisputed fight, and you fight Joe Joyce, who's also highly ranked by the WBO coming off the victory against Dubois. Uh, it'll be for the interim title, and you know the winner then would become the next WBO mandatory. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to get the next fight, whoever wins, because certainly Fury and Joshua, if it happens, is a two-fight deal, and there's other organizations that will be involved that would probably press the issue for their mandatories. What, that, what it does mean, though, is it is certainly possible, and this is there's precedent throughout boxing history, that once the first fight between Fury and Joshua takes place and the winner emerges with all four titles, which is really the, the goal here, mm -hmm. then at that point it would not be a shock to see a belt here, a belt there, yeah. get stripped away yeah. or vacated, in which case the winner of Joyce versus Usyk would then become the WBO's heavyweight champion. Um, and so there's that element, you know, the goal there is to be, uh, you know, to, to win a heavyweight title. Maybe that's kind of backing into it in a certain way. Um, but it is an interesting fight, and it does it does help clear the way towards uh, the undisputed fight that people want to see. So behind the scenes, I'm sure they're, the sides have been working, and you know I'm pretty sure that Usyk's not about to step aside just for the opportunity to fight Joe Joyce for an interim title. I'm sure there's got to be some money involved. Yeah, there's, there. there's money. There's money in that. Of I, course I, there is. I, millions I, of dollars of money, not five <laughs> bucks. We're talking about a lot of money. Yeah, and, and I love the fight. I mean, it made so much sense to the point where I'm like, this can't be real. I mean, that's how boxing fans are kind of conditioned. But, you know, they fought in the amateurs. You're talking about the slickness, the, the slickness of Usyk versus the deliberate power of Joyce. Awesome matchup. And uh, and throwing the fact that the winner could potentially fight the, you know, for the all the belts or whatever. More right. more belts. I mean, it's it's a, it's a great fight. Is there a date the way, for it? What was that? You have, is there any uh, rumored date for the fight? I don't. There's no date that I'm aware of in terms of exactly when, but uh, there, you know, certainly within a, a short time frame. I would think probably this spring. I would think. Mm -hmm. But the thing that's interesting is, you know, their fight in the amateurs really was in the World Series of Boxing. It's not. It's like seven years ago. It's not right. that long ago, mm -hmm. but it's it's a ways ago. But I've watched the fight. It's on YouTube. It's a five round fight. Uh, you know, Usyk won the fight by I think the scores were shutouts. Um, but it's it's the styles are just. They haven't changed. Usyk is a consummate boxer, puncher. Yeah. He comes forward, but he also has good defense. He's got quick hands and quick feet. But Joyce is just like this robotic, but straightforward, come right at you, will just beat you down and, and uh, takes a great shot. It's like a and, foreman you know, in a way. Professional games, it's, it's, it's a professional fight. It's, it's, I think it's more dangerous for Usyk than it was in a, in a you know, semi-amateur fight. Yeah, I, I love it. It's a really good fight, and uh, it should be heading our way th uh, this spring. Uh, Fury Joshua, do you have any updates on this? I mean, they're teasing locations. They're teasing everything besides an actual announcement. What's the latest with Fury and Joshua? Well, as far as I know, the two sides, uh, you know, Aram and, and Hearn keep going back and forth over those types of details. Obviously getting uh, to the point where Usyk against uh, Joyce, if that gets signed and, uh, you know, it's close. I, I had uh, been in touch with uh, one of the managers for Joe Joyce who says that's the case. So once that gets done, that clears a big hurdle. Uh, the other one they still, I guess, have to 100% get over is uh, this, the status of the arbitration now between uh, Fury and Deontay Wilder because of the, the the suit that he brought against him because he believes he's owed the third fight against Tyson Fury. So I believe that is getting close to being finished up. Um, but as far as the sites go, I mean, it's very obvious that, you know, if there was no pandemic, you have a fight in Wembley Stadium with 90 to 100,000 people, and it's a, one of the biggest events in boxing history. Mm -hmm. uh, they can't do that because of the circumstances. So they are looking at at other locations. Exactly where, 
you know, that remains to be seen. I think the good money would probably be on somewhere in the Middle East, which yep. is where uh, they brought the fight between Joshua and uh, Andy Ruiz for the rematch. Um, it's unfortunate if that's the case, because obviously there probably wouldn't be able to be a huge crowd. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it would it would lose a little bit of luster in my mind. But it's still obviously the biggest fight in, 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 in the division and one of the biggest fights in boxing. So yeah. hopefully yeah. they can dot all the I's and cross all the T's. But, Dan, you've been around long enough. You know that that what we're what we're doing right now as observers of the process is we're watching the sausage get made in the factory and <laughs> yeah, it's always yeah. an ugly disgusting thing to watch uh, you just hope that when it's all done, if you close your eyes, it comes out, oh boy, does it taste good. <laughs> it seems like this one, though, is going smooth, which is kind of scary, kind of like, what's the catch here? It's going like, it's going well, like, yeah. the romance is too good right now. Yeah, very deliberate, slow but steady wins the race. Yeah. Uh, Wilder, uh, quickly, Wilder, Charles Martin is something I had read and heard. Uh, I'm just happy to see Wilder back and like wanting to fight. I saw some stuff of him training. Um, I'm just happy to see Wilder, you know, willing to get back in there. Charles Martin isn't the tastiest of matchups. Is that something you're hearing as well? You know, to be honest with you, I mean, that that's a story that our friend Chris Mannix wrote about, uh, you know, in Sports Illustrated's website. To be honest, I had not heard Charles Martin specifically as an opponent, although it does make sense. They're both aligned with PBC. Uh, you know, Charles had a title. Um, you know, he also fought Anthony Joshua in, in what was his biggest fight to date and got knocked out. And obviously Deontay Wilder got knocked out in his biggest fight to date, which was the rematch against Tyson Fury. It does make some sell. It does make sense. It's and I have to say, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying it's the greatest fight ever, but you know what? That's a lot better in matchup in my mind than some of the opponents that Deontay Wilder fought when he was defending the WBC title. Yeah. So I'm cool with that. If, if Deontay Wilder wants that kind of matchup coming off of, you know, a cataclysmic kind of knockout loss against Fury and a long layoff and all the issues that he's had, mm-hmm. that seems pretty reasonable to me. And you know what? It's probably be a fun fight. I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally down with it if that's the one they want to do. Yeah, you're going to get paid 20, at least $20 million to fight Charles Martin. I mean, I'll, I'll take that every, any day of the week. Uh, we're going to do something I'm different. I'm sure the purse will be that high, but okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting right back into some of these guys on Twitter that seem like they know all the details uh, without even uh, you know being in the rooms for the, some of them. We're going to end the show with you, Dan, here. We're going to do some quick hitters before we say goodbye. Fight okay. that you're most looking forward to in the next 90 days. Oh, that's an easy one. For me, I can't wait for the rematch between Chocolatito uh, Gonzalez and Juan Francisco Estrada, a rematch of a great fight from several years ago, and, and in this case, to unify their world titles at uh, uh, Junior Bantamweight. Uh, how could that possibly be bad? Two of my favorite fighters to yeah. watch, two good guys, uh, always bring the action, and uh, you know, both probably future Hall of Famers, everything you want to see, and it's a fight that has significance in a, in, a, in a very loaded weight class. Yeah, I should have framed that as fight besides Chocolatito Estrada that you're most looking forward to see. That's, that's the one, that's the only answer, but there's Burchelt Valdez, Lipinets versus Jerron Ennis just got finalized, Ortiz Hooker, White Povetkin too, sneak good schedule upcoming in the next 90 days how about this dan the the this phenomenon of youtube fights uh, exhibitions where does dan rayfield stand on exhibitions and youtube fights you know i don't really have any problem with that i mean to me you know live and let live if, if folks want to do that and they can make money doing that which means there's people who are willing to pay for it and to watch it and to buy it i have no problem with that because it doesn't have any impact on the real fights, the fact that, and I'm, you know, this is I'm, this is in my mind because it was just announced yesterday uh, that, that Jake Paul is going to come back and fight. I don't even know the guy's name, a, a former Bellator champion. Uh, exactly. So that they're going to do a fight 
Uh, that's not an exhibition. It's a, it's a sanctioned boxing match, but it's he's a YouTube guy. If they want to do that, I personally am not interested in, but I have absolutely no problem with them doing the fight. And I say that because the fact that Jake Paul is going to fight an MMA fighter in a, in a boxing match and what Jake's uh, third professional fight has no bearing on I'm still going to get to see Roman Gonzalez against uh, Juan Francisco Estrada. I'm still going to get to watch exactly. Valdez against Bert Schelt. I can still get pumped up if it happens between Tyson Fury and uh, and Anthony Joshua. So it doesn't impact those fights. Now, if you told me, well, this YouTube guy is going to go and fight this dude and it's going to cause these other great matchups to not happen, then I'd be really upset. But I couldn't care less. If they want to <laughs> do that and there's people that want to pay for it, go for it. I'm happy to you know, to have it uh, take place. And uh, you know what, if it brings a few fans in also that maybe stick around boxing after that, you know, so be it. That's why when they put Jake Paul on the undercard, you know, of, a, of one of the matchroom cards um, last year, I had no problem with that. I mean, why not? What's yeah, the problem? I've been saying it for months, separate lanes, man, separate lanes. All right, Dan Rayfield, lastly, last one, last question here. Do you keep the fleece in a special closet in the house? I do not keep the fleece in a special closet in the house. The fleece is like laying over a chair in my foyer. There it goes. Legendary. If, if, if I had known you were going to ask me about that, I would have had it here next to me, and I would have brought it on for a guest appearance. Oh, my God. That's legendary. It's like Ali's white robe. It's like Tyson's black trunks. <laughs> Love it. Dan Rayfield, Fight Freaks Unite. Sign up. Get your news right to your inbox. He does great work in the world of boxing.